make a big noise playing in the street gonna be a big man someday you got mud on your face you big disgrace kicking your can all over the place singing we will we will rock you stidham claps his hands gets the ball he's got time here comes back side pressure the ball is out bellamy sacked him the ball came loose there's a big pile at the 15 yard line Davin Bellamy sacked him from the backside, stripped the ball, and squirted forward to the 15, and Georgia has the football. A defensive stop at the 15. We will, we will rock you. Sing it out. We will, we will rock you. Godwin in motion from left to right, out of the shotgun, give it to Fromm. He's going to hand it off to Swift. Swift's got running room. Swift by the defense. 40, 30. They won't catch him. Go, Swift. Into the end zone. Touchdown. The freshman just ran it back to Philadelphia. Fuck you. intentional loss and that's it last play of the sec championship dominated in the second half by the dogs they run away from auburn and win it by a final of 28 to 7 and it doesn't matter what smells sweeter roses or sugar they both smell pretty sweet to me let me just quote the late great colonel sanders he said i'm too drunk to taste this chicken we're going to talk a little podcasting just in generalities? Generalities. This is the the Miracle Season finale podcast. Let's talk about the SEC Championship game. Let's talk about it. All right. So we went to the game, started tailgating at 7 a.m. Yes, which we is did. beautiful. Down in the Gulch. We all had plans to buy scalp tickets, which was the current plan. Which that plan did not work out because all scalp tickets were minimum $1,200 each. So we did learn that StubHub has actually helped scalpers. I think it's cut down, obviously cut down on the number of tickets available, but it sets the price. So Mm. all the scalpers have, you know, their phones and they see what the price is. So they just price themselves just under where the market is and they got tickets in hand. So... You're not going to get a deal anymore. So they actually had paper tickets? Yeah. It was a combo. I saw some, but then the others were, you know, we'll transfer it over to you. And then they have a thing there right at the gate where you can test it to make sure it's real. And so all all the people I saw were like, we'll walk right over there and test it. So So what did y'all pay? Uh, We paid $0 because we didn't go in. That's quite a price. I like that. Zero dollars for zero product. But we spent a a solid two hours walking around the stadium and different gates and stuff right before kickoff. So, but probably five five minutes before kickoff, we said, "All right, we're out. Let's go back to the Gulch where we had our TV set up." And so basically, we waved goodbye to you guys and sat there and continued to consume. And continue to watch pregame and do all the crazy um, debacle stuff that we like to do while you were looking around for two hours for tickets that did not come to fruition. Right. That sounds good. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But, you know, since we got there at 7 a.m., I don't think we missed out on a whole lot. Well, that's true, too. What happened to the good old days where there are homeless people giving out, not giving out, but trying to scalp (laughs) tickets? (laughs) Well, there's like all you would do is just have to kind of sniff, and when you smelled urine, you could just start walking in that direction and just start looking for tickets. The good old did y'all place. do that? That did you not do that? We did not do that. But maybe if you'd give me that little piece of wisdom before we left, we could have yeah. ended up in the stadium. Just, just, just head towards urine. We did not go to the game, but 
coming back to the Gulch and watching on TV with all of us was an awesome experience because you could you could see the stadium. We were, you know, 100 yards from the stadium, and you could actually see in because that one side that's the glass, we could see in, and you could actually see the Jumbotron up in the ceiling. So we could see some highlights and stuff. Georgia's got it first and goal, trying to tie this game up. They fake the toss from Enzo The yeah. problem was our state-of-the-art TV setup we had on had like about a 10-second delay. Whenever somebody scored, you know, they blew that big horn. So we'd, we'd hear the horn, and then we'd be like, wait, wait, what's happening? They didn't even snap the ball yet. And then we'd, we'd uh, see the play. But It wasn't too bad, though. Although, yeah, that kind of threw a, a little you, – you wanted to look at the TV and just try and cut off anything outside of what you're focusing on the TV, but you just couldn't help it. And so, yeah, pretty much 90% of it was looking up into the stadium, catching about 10% of someone's leg crossing the goal line and hearing yells. And then you focus on the TV and go, all right, it's either an interception for Auburn and they ran it back or we scored a touchdown. As it is, the all-time leading score in SEC history set for a 31-yard field goal attempt. His holder's been there for every one of those points. Snaps a little high, and the kick is blocked. And Dominic Sanders has got it for Georgia. Yeah, the, the best one was when Swift broke his long touchdown. Because on our TV that we were watching, they had just snapped the ball. Then all of a sudden, we hear the loud horn. And we're like, oh, God, it might be a fumble recover or something. And then he busted it out and ran for touchdown. Maybe the biggest football game Georgia has played in in 35 years. Hard to argue with that, isn't it? They, this has uh, been a magical season. One blemish, and they're getting a mulligan and taking advantage of it. Swift with Fromm in the backfield. He'll get the carry. DeAndre Swift, and he's fast, and he's maybe gone. DeAndre Swift, touchdown. these guys get down the field here double team and they're actually putting Auburn D linemen into the ground you don't see anybody do that DeAndre Swift the number one rated prospect coming out of high school from the state of Pennsylvania just how loaded is Kirby Smart's running back room it was Joyous. a it was a sweet release we had on our last podcast we kind of predicted you know what was going to happen and I said it's going to be a totally different game outside of Jordan Hare so of course I was right on that you definitely were right, because for those last two games, for Auburn and Jordan-Hare, I don't think the Packers would have been able to beat Auburn. Just the way they you know, they got all the cocaine in them, all the steroids they, they take, all the money that they take from alumni, it all came to fruition in two games. And then once those two games were over, it was Tiger death, and it felt so good. And as I said, this SEC conference is tough on coaches, especially when a guy like Kirby Smart walks in and takes the championship in year two. Everybody else goes, uh, why can't you do that? A freshman quarterback, a great running attack, a tough defense, and the biggest win for Georgia in decades. That's the thing with Auburn. They're, they have very high highs, but they are so disappointed. You know what? They're kind of like... Georgia was with Mark Rick. 
except Mark Rick never won the national championship. But outside of that, they're very much like a Mark Rick team. This is a very good analogy. I'm I full think, of uh, Heat Heat said it best when Mark Rick teams were like a Formula One race car. Like when they're they're humming. I mean, they're just they're, nobody can catch them. They're awesome, but one little thing goes wrong. You got a wheel flying off into the stands, killing people. You broke <laughs> down. You're hydroplaning off into the grass. I think that's a really good analogy. So maybe Auburn's the new Rick style Bulldogs. Well, God bless them. I hope they take over the reins in that <laughs> regard. They, they can have it. We'll take the Alabama blueprint and hopefully win five out of the next nine national titles. Hell yeah. Georgia wins it convincingly 28 to 7. Head coach Kirby Smart. I'll be honest with you, this team, because there is no home field advantage, they're excited to be in the playoff, um, hopefully be in the playoff, and, uh, and we don't really concern ourselves with rankings. We never have, you know, so what does it really matter? If you're one through four, uh, you're in the tournament. So that's what, that was our goal, and uh, that's what we've achieved. Falling too fast to prepare for this Tripping in the world could be dangerous Everybody circling his vultures Negative, nepotist Everybody waiting for the fall of man Everybody praying for the end of times Everybody hoping they could be the one I was born to run, I was born for this Whip, whip, run me like a racehorse Dogs offense trying to go to work here To tighten up a 31-17 score Oklahoma in front by two touchdowns over the dogs Rom under center will stretch handoff to Chubb Chubb at right tackle breaks one sack Breaks another now he's in the open, 40, 30, near sideline, jump, 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 touchdown! Third and 10, excuse me, this is the middle of the possession. Third and 10 for the Sooners on the 18. Mayfield takes the snap, throws it down the middle of the field, and it's intercepted. Sanders at the 20, 45, Sanders, 25, 20, near sideline, 15, 10, get in the end zone, no out of bounds at the 5. Dominic Sanders, his 16th career pick. That ties the Georgia record. Baker Mayfield had to force him out of bounds at the Oklahoma five-yard line. On the 27, it's second down and 12. We go wild dog with Sony. Nauta goes in motion left. Snap it to Michelle. He's running to the left. Angling. 25-20. Got a block for Grubb. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. 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 Dogs win it. We're headed to Atlanta. Boy, what a play call right there. Go wild dog. Sony Michelle. Great presence and great patience. Found a crease. And the dogs are all on the field and now running to Sony Michelle, mobbing him. They're mobbing him in the back corner. Fromm with the key block on the left side has sent Georgia to a little backyard football at Mercedes-Benz Stadium Monday night. Dogs win it in double overtime, 54-48. It's Bedlam here in the Rose Bowl for the dog fans. Confetti flying in the air, smoke going everywhere. They're moving the stages onto the field, and Georgia continues its celebration as they have knocked off number two seed Oklahoma to advance one more game this season. A magical year continues for Georgia. I said I like it like that. I said I like it like that. I said I like it like that. Well, it was awesome. It was New Year's New Year's Eve. Yep. Yep. And I know that there are a lot of parties. Trisha and I went to go see the Thomases up in uh, Lawrenceville. Mm. So we made the most. We made the most of that exciting game. I mean, just absolute focus, fun, but it wasn't quite Pasadena. So tell me how that went, H. It was a surreal experience. I mean, everybody there was wearing red. Everywhere you looked in the entire city of Los Angeles was Georgia Bulldogs. I must have said, go dogs 3,000 times. I mean, literally every street you were down, you'd see somebody. And, uh, you know, of course, everybody's wearing their Georgia gear. 
And then the game was obviously incredible. First half was. Take it to Michelle again. Farm looked over the middle. Now dumps it down. Caught. Touchdown. Michelle out of the backfield. And the dogs answer quickly. Ants with one of their own. Yeah, the play action. Kenneth Murray right here. Comes up, gets a little bit lost, and by the time he realizes that he has to account for Sony Michelle, it's too late. He slides out of the backfield, does a good job on his play fake, see the late reaction, and again, a great job by Cheney in mixing up the play calling on that drive. Michelle's first touchdown reception of the season. Give it at seven. Because usually I'm really good about controlling myself, and I kind of take it really yes. slow. Steve. Steve's known but for his pacing Steve, abilities. Look, just look at Steve. He does Steve. it perfectly. Yeah, he runs as like, fast like as he can like and jumps off the I cliff. <laughs> yeah, Kevin and I are not the poster boys for drinking at pace. No. Never go to zero to 103 hours. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> From Georgia back to work, and Sonny Michelle breaks free. Michelle in the clear, a foot race. What an answer from Georgia. 75 yards. Down early, but still very explosive. From Michelle, who caught his first reception earlier. Longest run of the season for the dogs. But in the first half, you know, it was 31 to 14 with six seconds left in the first half. Now they just booted along to, the ground here. It, but that's a, Georgia got a chance here, maybe. Absolutely ineffective. I don't know what they're thinking there. That's, so that squib kick with five for six seconds to go. Yeah, that's a, that backfired badly. No long field goal attempt. This is just out of Blankenship's range. Uh, I, I check it. He is in the game. They're going to try this from, from 55. I asked Kevin Butler, who works with the kickers here, who is obviously a legendary kicker for the Georgia uh, program. I asked him how far he could get out. He said, you know, he made one from 54 going this direction in warm-up. So he's got a shot. We know Kevin Butler could make it from this distance, oh, yeah. but he was a Georgia All-American, oh, yeah. Hall of Fame kicker, who's a, a student assistant for the second season, yep. working with Blankenship and the kickers. So 55 yards for Hot Rod. This would be a new career long to chip away at the lead before halftime. These three points are critical. These are, this would be huge going in at halftime for Georgia. Blankenship just missed earlier from 48. This by far the longest of his career. Steps into it. And drives it. Wow. Hot ride. Comes up with three. That's a Rose Bowl record. And Oklahoma made to pay for that swift kick just before halftime. Let's see. Oklahoma was six of eight on third downs. They had zero penalties, zero turnovers. And they basically scored on, what, five of six possessions. <laughs> It doesn't sound like we really slowed them down. No. Because we didn't. No. But then if you looked at you look at the other stats, Georgia had like 14 yards per play. So at the game, I remember Wes was really worried. He's like, oh, we're going to get slaughtered. Chris, if you're wondering why the Georgia Bulldogs look like a completely different team coming out of the locker room, Kirby Smart says that his message was simple. They didn't get our best 30 minutes in the first half, so don't look at the scoreboard. Give them your best 30 and see where the chips fall. I was like, Wes, every time we hand the ball off, we get a 60-yard touchdown. So Georgia has done its job. The defense forces a punt. Punt returned by Hardman sets up Fromm on the offense at midfield. It's an offense that prides itself on running the football and wearing teams down up front in the second half. This is the 12th running play of this game for the Dogs, but they've had great success. Chubb not down yet. Turning and chugging to the end zone. 50 yards, and the dogs cut the deficit in half. So we're still in the game, but we've got to figure out how to stop them, um, which they did in the second half. Tommy's facing some noise. The Georgia faithful are in that end of the stadium. And here's their first hand handoff. This is feeling a little bit like Sanford Stadium at the moment. I was going to say, this after the stop and then the touchdown and the kickoff coverage, getting them inside the 20, I don't know if you can tell at home, but this stadium has come alive, and you're hearing a lot from the Georgia faithful. They happen to be right in front of Baker Mayfield right now. Yeah, I think the third quarter of that game is like the most magical quarter 
that we had all year uh, in a lot of magical quarters. We were standing and jumping and screaming at the top of our lungs for the entire third quarter. It was awesome. And then when we block when Lorenzo Carter, Lorenzo Carter blocked that kick, even before before that kick, I made a bold statement. I said, we're going to block this kick, or he's going to miss. That's what I said. I said, he's not going to make this kick. There's few kickers you'd rather have in this position. You see Seibert's reliability, 27 yards to put the Sooners on top. Deflected. Blocked. The dogs do it again. I think Lorenzo Carter got in there. He's got such great length. It's 6-6. I think he was able to get the penetration, get up in the air, and get his right hand on the ball. How about that? A senior for the dogs. And when that thing got blocked, I was like, it's over. We're going to win. Yeah, that was sweet. All right, they're going to flip Prom out. Direct snap here to Michelle. Chubb scored a touchdown earlier on a direct snap. Now it's Michelle's turn running all the way. Gets to the edge. Sonny Michelle will send the dogs home to the championship game. Just like that, the Sooners' season ends. And the dogs can dream big about a national championship. In your second year as the head coach at your alma mater, you're taking them to a national championship. Let that soak in and tell me what it means to you. Go dogs. Do what it takes. third and 20 and it's a third and long run can michelle create some magic he gets the edge and tight rubs into alabama territory sony michelle rose bowl hero makes the first big offensive play tonight Steve, you didn't go to that game? You didn't follow the no here's the thing you know what I'm glad we're talking about the national championship game. I'm very surprising on a Georgia podcast. We'd be talking about it to end the season. Coach, your team has made it to the biggest stage in college football. What was the final message you wanted to deliver before they took the field? Play with passion and energy. Hunker down one more time, dogs. That's what we want them to do. We want them to go out there and lay it on the line. But, yeah, the game was being at the game. I mean, you're just so jacked up. It's like that whole adrenaline thing. I mean, I vaguely remember anything. I mean, it was just like this whole – Ebb and flow. Yep, Fromm motions out. It's Miko Hartman instead. The receiver comes in. They hand it. Nope, they keep it. And sprinting to the edge, the dogs bark it in the first half. Seven seconds in the first half. Dominated by Georgia. Blankenship makes it 13-0. Little goal line wrinkle, and it works. I mean, I remember at halftime we were all happy because we had, like, Man, we're really dominating this game. I mean, they had like 80 yards total. They had like six three and outs. I mean, they never had the ball. We had the ball the whole first half. Welcome back to the Mercedes-Benz Halftime Report. Georgia up on Alabama, 13-0 in the national championship game. And now, for the first time ever, the CFP Halftime Performance featuring Kendrick Lamar. My left stroke just went viral. Yeah, the only the only player on that field that was really giving us problems for the most part. I mean, Alabama's good; they're stout. But that nose guard of theirs oh was it ninety four, whatever his Payne. name was. <laughs> that guy looked like I mean, he I was just a caged animal. They basically just let him out of a cage and just said, "Hey, line up, see ball, get ball, kill whoever has ball." That reminds me of the game we used to play: get the ball. Right, get the ball. Yeah, that was game. what he was playing. Simple game. Yeah, he was a man among boys. When he grabbed Sonny Michelle in the first quarter and just threw him down with one arm, I mean, you're talking about a future NFL All-Pro running full speed through the line. He just grabbed him and threw him down with one arm. Oh, it's scary like, stuff, Holy man. Crap. <laughs> you see uh, Isaiah Wynn and others just they could not – they couldn't stop him. I mean, they slowed him down, though, which was finally, which was great. I mean, God, we had that game so at hand. It was tough to sit there and go, you know what? We're going to beat Alabama. We're going to dominate them at any part of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, the best breakdown I saw was was our first team was just a lot better than their first team. You wouldn't think that would happen, but when you put them both on the field, our first team was 
just dominated their first team. Problem was when they brought in their second team, their second team's better than 99% of all other college football teams. And then their second team versus our second team was where the difference really was. Yeah, their depth showed for sure in that matter. One of the bright spots for Alabama so far, the punting of Scott. Dogs block it, but they got a head start. A flag is down. They came flying off the edge out of the starting blocks, but the false start is going to erase this block punt. Great look at it. He started off on the gunner, came down. Did he cross? Wow, that was really, really close. He was behind the line of scrimmage and definitely got a running start. Take another look to see if he actually got in the neutral zone. What a huge call. Starker, there was a region. Watch the Alabama punt team. The up end, flinching. I think he reads Sim and Sim 17. Sim right there. That movement by 17 triggered him. He hesitated. He still gets in and blocks the punt. This has been a false start. Yeah. Not a reviewable play, though. Yeah, on the playing field, I mean, I, I thought we matched up well. We obviously played well. It was it was a very even game. They came back and... The crowd reacting to the face mask, the potential face mask by Bugs near the end of that play. I thought he got him close to the face mask. In fact, he, yeah, he, he grabs a hold of it. Then he gets the jersey afterwards. Got away with a, a pull of the face mask for sure. Big 10 crew missed that one. That's a huge difference at a first down. Third and 21. Crowd is still up in arms. Two big misses in the last few plays by the officials. Bamba will get the ball back, but very easily could have been called for a personal foul and a face mask, giving Georgia that first down. Another look at the face mask that Bugs got away with. He got a hold of him right there, and not only gets a hold of him, he gives it a yank. By the time he lets go, then he gets a hold of the jersey, and that's what made the official miss it. Obviously, them bringing in the freshman quarterback, it, it that third and seven where he broke 27 tackles and got the first down. I mean, that was when you're watching the game, you can just see the momentum just was huge. The crowd, their crowd got into it, and it was just a different team we were playing after that point. Dogs, don't pressure. Tungabaloa has all night hit hard, spinning around, trying to escape and create, and now he's in the clear. The freshman shows some toughness, creating a desperately needed third down conversion. Oh, no doubt. It was a a barroom brawl after that, whereas before it was just, we were just body blowing them, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, and you know, when they took out Herd, you're like, you feel so confident. And honestly, when they, Tulalola, was that the kid's name? Sounds right. He, uh, yeah, we're just going to stick with that one. When he goes in there... And he had the first two snaps. I think he screwed stuff up. You're right. He had to scramble. So I still felt confident in it, but he was able to move the ball. And that's yeah. something Hurd cannot do all day long. Terrible. Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. What I call him? Hurd. Close enough. Hurts. Uh, Close enough. Uh, hurt. I'm not a smart man. Yeah, he was awful. He missed open touchdowns and. I mean, they needed to pull them, and here we are, a preseason. They're saying they don't know who they're going to start, but if you watch, go back and watch a replay of that game, yeah, <laughs> there's no question who's going to start because that guy can throw. I mean, you can just tell he's he can throw. he's on a different level. He can throw. But a big key coming into this game, it's so much talk about the running game, the quarterbacks not only hitting big plays, avoiding the disastrous play. Third down right here for Fromm. Delivers under pressure. Downfield. Caught Hardman. A foot race. Escapes and scores. Well, and that's what that's what obviously his throw beat us, but defensive backs had not they didn't have to be tested the whole game for the deep pass. And then when it came crunch time, second and twenty six. I mean, we felt so good mm. when you get the sack on O in overtime. Captain's back out. Congratulations to both teams. We still don't have a champion. We're going to keep playing until we get one. And we know their kicker, their kicker would have rather had his 
nuts just snapped off than have to go out there and try and kick because shaky you heard it best yeah Uh, shaky at best he was terrible it was like me and b team when i was trying to kick field goals it was terrible (laughs) coach i can't go out there man did you see my last kick it was horrible coach were you there or were you yelling in someone's (laughs) ear not paying attention my missed kick The Dubs have life, and we're headed for overtime. You feel for any kicker comes up short in that situation. Yeah, yeah, you do. It took me several months before I watched the replay of that game, but um, you know we should have never been in overtime. You know they drove down the field and had a 27-yard field goal to win with no time left, and the guy duck shanked it into the stands. Yeah. Hey, when you get an opportunity like that, you got to take advantage. And what did we do? We got the snap. I mean, we got the ball first and went three and out and lost 12 yards. So basically, our I think our last four possessions of the game, including overtime, were three and outs. Mm -hmm. So we did not close well. Fromm looked like a freshman at the end of the game. I thought. Other than that, he was awesome. But those last four possessions, he. Made some bad decisions, bad throws. We didn't play well. We didn't close like we have all season. And then they just got the ball and kept scoring on us. And should have ended the game before overtime. But even in overtime, our first possession, we lose yards. He takes that big sack. You know, I don't know if you remember that. And then uh, Rodrigo's oh, yeah. got to kick a 51-yard field goal just to put points on the board, which he split right down the middle. I guess machine. Here's Blankenship trying to give Georgia the lead. Hot Rod just... Slides it through. I'd say he's earned that scholarship. This guy, we talk about Jake Fromm having guts. Great snap, great hold. Comes up with a big kick at the end of the first half in the Rose Bowl against Oklahoma. Goes out here in the first overtime after that sack and delivers. For Georgia. That guy's awesome. Maybe his yeah. dad's right. He needs a scholarship. He needs a scholarship. So then they get the ball. Then we get a sack on first down. They got second and 26. And they ran a quick snap because you, you, if you're watching replay, they barely even see the snap of the ball because they're still showing the replay of the sack. Oh, yeah. Even against the two safety, we had two safeties back for one of the few plays of the game, and he still threw it to the corner wide open. Dancing around, circling back, drops, a disastrous first down play. Devin Bellamy got it back at the 42. Chris, that's a combination of great coverage downfield by Georgia and just being a young quarterback not put in this situation. Bellamy almost gets him there. See, that's where you'd like to see him throw it away. Nobody's open. You got to give up on the play, throw it away, get outside of the pocket, and play on second and ten. That's his youth right there. Think about Loa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins. It's our flag football defense, Kerry. Playing corner. Yeah, Stevie was playing cornerback there. Stevie's safety there. He's got it. Y'all shut your mouth. Steve, it's too was, deep safety. Just cover your side. Steve, don't get beat deep. I was a lockdown safety. You're like Chug. You just let them catch it and then pull their flag. You know, I thought this was a Georgia podcast. Instead, it's Bash D podcast. I can right. take it. I can take it. So but, anyway, yeah, it was a hell of a season, though, man. I mean, Incredible season. I was like walking around in a dream for like four months. Because yeah. I, mm-hmm. I travel around the country and everybody, man, your Bulldogs are doing good. I'm like, don't mention it. I don't want anybody to talk about it. It's like, don't jinx it because we're like, we're walking around in a dream. It's incredible. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. (laughs) Georgia fans have traveled in incredible numbers for this experience. It's the first time the dogs have played north of the Mason-Dixon line since they went to Ann Arbor to play Michigan in 1965. So more than a half century since Georgia's come this far north. Before we get to Georgia and Notre Dame, An interesting scene at Wrigley Field. Take a listen. 
Yeah. All the Georgia fans are there for they felt travel, like, man. They travel in the felt like Athens North. I do want to leave with this, guys. You know, this atmosphere tonight was incredible. I thought for college football, you think about our players and our fan base. This will be a game they talk about for a long time, a special trip uh, for our players to end it the right way and for our fan base to come out. You know, I want to say thanks to the fans because they were really behind us and backed us, and I thought it was a big momentum swing in the game. Thanks and go dogs. Yeah, it's probably best if we don't sit together like all the guys in the wedding because we'll definitely be watching it and then we'll scream out loud if something good happens. <laughs> yeah, uh, so long as it coincides with us, us kissing or being pronounced, you know, man and wife, um, excuse me, husband and wife, <laughs> I'll be all right. I want you and that young man to tie that knot. I'm going to pray for you. And I want you to hold on to God's unchanging hand because he helped Joshua fight the battle of Jericho. Yes. He helped Daniel get out the lion's den. He helped get off the island. Lord. I would expect to see Georgia come out throwing early to loosen up this Mississippi State defense and then get it to their running backs. Flea flicker to get the night started. Downfield looking for Godwin into his hands. And guess which dogs are barking first? Uga, get after it. One other thing I thought of, did you see that thing with uh, Kevin Kisner? We're uh, at the game. Yeah, remember we saw him at the game and cheered and we're like, hey, that's Kevin Kisner. Yeah. Well, this is a fan who has come a long way to see this game. Kevin Kisner, a former golfer here for Georgia, is in the tour championship. He shot one of the low scores today. He tweeted out, hey, I need a helicopter to bring me to the game. Someone responded, that young man in the black shirt, this company flew him here to the game. I said, when are you going back? He said, as soon as we kick their butt. So he will go back and finish his round at the tour championship tomorrow. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. That's a dog fan right there. That's, That's yes, really that cool. is. He's, he's my new favorite golfer. Here we go. I want a hamburger, no cheese. I want a hot dog. I want a milkshake. I want You'll get nothing and like it. And go dogs. I, I really truly think we can I don't say easily beat them, but yeah, we're gonna pull this one out or we're gonna not F it up and not. That's just gonna happen. That <laughs> Thanks way. for offering all of those choices to <laughs> this us. This is a do or don't game for us. <laughs> we will win or lose today. <laughs> Steve the Greek. <laughs> we're we're gonna either win this game or we might lose it. He's not the best color man in the business, folks. He's not the best color man in the league for nothing, folks. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Wes? Any final thoughts? No, I just agree. This is a do or don't game for us. <laughs> well said. Man, you are one pathetic loser. But when your offensive scheme, and I know you guys got on Cheney a lot for Georgia for how he calls plays, but. When Tennessee's offensive coordinator pretty much has the theory of his imagination goes 31 dive, 31 dive, bomb, punt, every series. Our offensive coach is not so great. Then your uh, your defense is left in the field to just starve to death for air. And that's what happened. They just, you can't do it. And it's, it's just a, horrendous to watch. They're from the show me state. Let's show them! Let's get it Gotta on! Keep them separated. That's a lovely accent you have. New Jersey? Austria. Austria! <laughs> well then, <laughs> good day, mate. <laughs> Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Well, luck over again with the regular fan base. I thought it was electric atmosphere. Dog walk was one of the best it's ever been. All right, so one last quick question on our uh, Combo Week podcast. Um, what do you think about the Golden Corral? Okay. <laughs> so back in college and med school, I loved the Golden Corral because you could go for one meal and eat a whole weekend's worth of food in one sitting. But as I've gotten older, I've grown to 
not enjoy the Golden Corral so much. That is just it's terrible, Wes. Uh, we have an ongoing <laughs> feud here in the Wiley house because the Wiley girls will not even drive past the Golden Corral, whereas I think it's one of the most glorious places invented by Jesus himself. Um, so I was just looking for a little more input. Well, maybe I should give it another chance. It's been years since I've been, but the last time I went, I didn't enjoy it. And I would say it would have to be unusual for me to get in the car and be like, hey, let's go to the Golden Corral tonight. <laughs> That's every afternoon for me, my friend. <laughs> so uh, my last question for you um, on this combo podcast is, what are your thoughts on the Golden Corral? Oh, uh, the Golden Corral, the restaurant? <laughs> yeah, the restaurant. <laughs> I mean, I like it. It's uh, I usually hit the mac and cheese pretty heavy. You know, the fried chicken's good. Is that really what you were asking? Yeah. I like it. I hadn't been there in a while. There's one on North Point Parkway that uh, we used to go to. Heather doesn't like it so much, so it's usually a guy's outing. Are yeah. you a fan? I am a humongous fan. I think it was created by nice. Jesus himself. Kind of like your situation, the Wiley girls won't even drive past the Golden Corral. Oh, yeah. And there seems to be a general uh, level. It's a very polarizing place. It's a love it or hate mm-hmm. it. So I, I was just looking for some more input from my uh, peers. Well, th- now that I've gotten more comfortable with the question, it is one of the few places you can get some quality okra. <laughs> 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 I don't know. And, you know, uh, always save room for dessert. Don't, that's a, that is a rookie mistake. Loading up and then you, you want that dessert, but you've, you've already gone in too strong. It is total rookie mistake. I try to uh, extol the benefits of all the vegetables and salad that you can get when I'm trying to sell it to the girls. Um, (laughs) But they're like, well, you can't go there without hitting the dessert station, which to their point, they're true. I mean, you got cakes and pies and a chocolate fountain. I mean, if you go there on a frequent basis like I do, you really got to, really got to temper your your uh, trip down to the, the dessert end there there's some planning for sure it's kind of like you know not unlike a trip to disney you're better to be prepared and it's just <laughs> thrilling as a trip to disney <laughs> one thing one thing i've never understood though is the guy the guy who goes in there and gets it to go doesn't that defeat the it's almost it's almost uh insulting uh it defeats the whole purpose i'm going to go in there make myself a little box and then take it with me part of the joy is to is to go fill up your plate go back eat all of it except for maybe the cabbage which you you know you might have loaded up too much there and then decide what you like the best and go double down yeah to go box from the golden corral is just like slapping god in the face for giving you a beautiful gift (laughs) it's like slapping god across the face for giving you a gorgeous gift (laughs) 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 all right well that was some good stuff i just wanted to get your input on that i'm glad you had some good takes on the golden corral next time you're in uh vinings we have a brand new (laughs) glorious oh yeah golden corral just just two short miles away i'm i'm a phone call away on that one Come on on the side of town, and we will definitely uh, show the Golden Corral how much we appreciate what they do. Go dogs! Go dogs! Yeah, the Georgia defense was as tight as Ron's belt around a stripper's neck. Well, they knew they were playing a better football team. There's no doubt. You turn on the tape and you watch Georgia play this year from a year ago, it looks like a completely different franchise. Once again, the old Georgia boys are able to obtain an exclusive backstage interview with disgraced Florida Gator head coach Jim McElwain. Coach, leaving the field after you were totally annihilated in a crushing, humiliating 35-point beatdown by the Georgia Bulldogs, you were seen smiling and joking around with your players and your wife. Most of your fan base was very disturbed by this. Well, she told me to keep my chin up, and that's something my dad used to tell me. It doesn't do you any good to hang your head, just like I told our guys. Um... I've never been about good looks, so uh, I apologize for that, I guess. Well, they don't call you the swamp donkey for nothing. It's an opportunity. This is one of those places, as I said from the start, 
that you should have an opportunity to, and I mean, shoot, just even being able to be in a game like this, I mean, it's something that's real special. That was a special game, Coach. You were defeated by the Georgia Bulldogs by the largest point differential in 35 years. Yeah, no, and it was a blowout, and uh, something I'm not real proud of. Tony Michelle would like to earn something against Florida. In three games, 15 rushes for 47 total yards. He's been shut down by this Florida defense. He lost yardage on his first carry. Not on this one. Sony Michelle, he's going to earn it all, I think, Gary. Sony Michelle trying to outrun Florida and does. Touchdown. Four yards. So you're frustrated. You've been nicked against these guys. There have been no holes. You come back for one more year to show Florida what you got, and you give them what you got right there. Um, but the difference is this: the way Georgia has been dominating all of its opponents. That's incredibly impressive. And when you just look at the, store, the scores, the, the voters, are, you know, I, I, it's a different Georgia team, different coach. I think they've got a lot more. They're going to get more credit this year than they have in the past under it. That was my first Asian. There's a really neat tradition here at Vanderbilt. It's called blowing the Admiral. I want to see them win more than anything. I, I do. I do, too. And I want a bowl game that's worth going to. Right. We can do some traveling this year. Right? That would be nice because every year you tell me you don't really understand a bowl game. Bowl games are and fun. Yeah, I don't understand that because I have yet to go to an exciting bowl game. Every year it's somewhere in the yeah. Shreveport armpit or... of the South for a <laughs> noon bowl game. <laughs> that is not cool. Not doing that. It's not cool. No. But bowl games are fun. They're kind of, I mean, we've, you and I have been to many, many Georgia, Florida games, and most of yes. them were pretty bad. Most of them, but we did have a memorable one. But yes. We had a couple of wins. Yes. So that's kind of like what a bowl game's like, where you go and all the Georgia fans are just going nut, and it's a, a good time. But we don't see that very often. I'm up for it. Just give me one worth going to. Proud of, proud of our fans. Proud of the fact they, they came out and tons of them were here. The, the, the video shots I saw from Chicago before the game and the takeover when we got here, you know, that played a role in this game. That we never felt like it was so much of a road game. I mean, there was time our, our, our quarterback was able to go on his own cadence, which you don't usually get to do on the road. Definitely don't get to do on the road in the SEC. Fan base don't let you do that. We were able to go on ours, and I think a lot of it had to do with the red and black that was in the stadiums. I hope Georgia does good because so many people love them. But if then people don't stay off of drugs and do good, they're not. They won't do good. Who are you talking about? I on think drugs? they got a good chance. I was, you know, then people get caught smoking marijuana and uh, or speeding or doing stuff, and then they get in trouble and they can't practice. And I don't know like a particular name. You just heard that happens a lot. But yeah, yeah read about it in the paper all the time and they're stupid plus they ought to make them cut their hair and then they could run faster now the old georgia boys wonder why espn only hires commentators who are white let's go down to cart you know, Sony Michelle, not only a great running back, he actually dropped a music track this offseason called the UGA Anthem featuring Rich Homie Kwan. One of the lines, running back, going to turn it up. And if you watch Nick Chubb, you watch Sony Michelle, yep, they can turn it up. Thank you, Paul. 
I mean, I think the power of the old Georgia Boys podcast has given Georgia some uh, juice this year. I don't know how to do a podcast. So if if Georgia can pull off some sort of miraculous win in the SEC championship and make the playoffs and do something there, I think uh, for the first year of the old Georgia Boys podcast, that would be, uh, be pretty exciting. Kick it! Wake up late for work, man, you don't want to go. You ask your wife, please, but she still says no. no. You miss two lipos and a rhinoplasty. And that breast augmentation looks really nasty. You got to fight for your right. To podcast. Your boss touched your skimming and he said, No way. That hypocrite embezzles millions a day. Financial planners always get the shaft. And my wife made me miss the fantasy draft. Todd Gurley. You gotta fight for your right to podcast. You gotta fight. Face around here if you're not a Georgia Bulldog. Go to Georgia Tech and write a boring blog. Everyone on iTunes is yelling, what's that noise? Oh man, you're just jealous. It's the old Georgia Boys. You gotta fight. For your right to podcast, you gotta fight for your right to podcast. Pod-